bless God, bless God. Amen. It is good to be in the presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. As we just press forth in what God has, has for us today. Just want to say good morning. Amen. I see a lot of people are slept, slept in this morning or couldn't let, let go of those warm, comfy uh, <laughs> sheets and, and blankets this morning as we, we are cool day in, D in uh, Denver, Colorado. I don't know where others are watching from around the world, but when I left my house, it was 47 degrees. Amen. <laughs> I had to turn the heat on in the car. I had to turn the heat on in the house this morning to get the chill out of the air, but I thank God for the season of change. Amen. As the seasons begin to change and, and the harvest is, is being reaped, that we are just able to come this morning and reap a word from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's just good to see all of your faces this morning. Without hesitation, we're going to get into the Word of God. I hope everyone is doing well. Amen. Everyone's feeling good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us just pray. Father God, we bless you this morning, Lord. God, we thank you, Father, that your presence is here with us this morning, Lord. We just magnify your name this morning, and we ask, Father God, that the Word that comes forth, Father, will penetrate hearts, Father, that it will rest in our souls and it will give us another piece, Father God, of, of the puzzle of life, Father God, to understand why we were created and how we are to function in this world. So I bless you and I thank you in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus this morning. Amen, amen, amen. I want to welcome everyone this morning to the House of Restoration. Amen. Those watching online, we want to welcome you this morning. We are uh, faithful believers here in Aurora, Colorado. Amen. Just doing what God has called us to do, pressing on daily. Amen. Forging through all of the situations in this world to just make sure that we are doing our part in the kingdom work of God this morning. Amen. So as, as we have been uh, going through this summer, um, I just want to thank you all for praying and, and just being patient with me. This morning, I want to complete a series that uh, I have begun. Uh, my health is doing better. It wavers back and forth, but that's okay. Amen. Because I know God is able. This, this week was a little rough week with uh, just the, some of the symptoms trying to rise back up, but that's okay. I just told God, you know, God, whatever, just have your way, Lord. Just have your way, and then I'm just going to be the willing vessel that you've called me to be. I'm going to continue to do what you said. I'm not, I'm not going to allow the enemy to uh, take me down. So this morning, as we go into the Word of, the God, uh, into the word of God, I want you to uh, open up your Bibles to Ezekiel 3, or Ezekiel 37, Amen. And I had started, well, it's been over a month ago, I believe. <laughs> I had spoke um, on the uh, dry bones. It's the passage of Ezekiel um, in the Valley of Dry Bones. And I want to pick up this morning. But before I pick up and read the scriptures from where we will be going forward from, I, I need to do a little bit of review because it's been a, it's been a, a minute since we... Uh, we, we've done that uh, since I've spoke of it, and I know, you know, we can, for, we can be forgetful, we can forget, um, and I just want to just pull out some key, key reminders of uh, the first passage and the first teaching. So this morning, if you would just stand as we read the word of the Lord, um, I'm going to try and get through to verse 
10 today. Not sure if we will make it through, but we are going to be reading and studying this passage of Scripture. And it reads, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, O Lord God, only you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus the Lord God, thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and you will, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and as I, I prophesied as I commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I spoke. And I, excuse me, and I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Amen, amen. You may be seated. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and reading of his word this morning. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. You know, as I've, as I've studied this scripture um, of the, of the scenario of the dry bones and seeing where the Israelites where the Israelites were in this condition where they had just lost everything. Amen. It wasn't a, a, a literal. It was it was a metaphor. It wasn't a, a literal uh, dry bone. It was a, it wasn't a literal valley of dry bones. But it's what uh, Ezekiel interpreted as as the Spirit of the Lord took him into this this place and just showed him the state of the Israelites, the state that they had found themselves in. And what this was, was a body of believers. It was the people of God, just like we are today. It was the people of God that had found themselves uh, in such a dry situation. Life had just overcame them. Things had just overcame them. Now, we must understand that these are the Christians. These are us today. There's so much, so much uh, correlation between what was going on in that passage and what's going on in the world today. And so here we have the body of Christ. We have the people of God struggling and fighting and trying to make things, um, ends meet for their own personal lives, make things, meet, uh, make things work out in their own churches, in their own callings, in their own giftings. And it just seems like everything they did just kept coming to, a, to an end, kept falling, kept failing. And it wasn't so much that God wasn't there, but it was because of the relationships that they had with God. 
See, we as Christians, we know that we are saved. We know that, you know, we believe in God, that we know that we are saved and we know we're going to heaven, but that relationship with God is just not where it needs to be. It's, the, it's not where we need to be thrust into uh, the places where God wants us to be. And so their relationship with God was just not exactly where it wanted to be. They were, they were doing a lot of self-indulgence, doing things for themselves. They would get on track and they would be doing the commandments of God. They would be working in their giftings, paying their tithes and offerings, paying homage to the Lord and, and, and the blessings would come, but then they would pull away, amen? They would get lackadaisical and begin to just do things on their own, just like we do today, amen? We get so on fire for God. We get on fire and we're, we're straight, we're on that straight and narrow road and we're doing the things God has called us to do. But along the path, the enemy is steadily attacking us and we find ourselves often in these dry places like God how did we get here? How are, why are we here? You know, we look at, at, at us today, we can look around and say, you know, where are the people of God? Where are the people of God this morning? You know, we understand that there's, you know, COVID shyness still going on, amen, and that people have just, you know, lost the discipline of coming to church. People are just, they just, you know, I, I would prefer to just, you know, stay at home, and we can blame it on COVID. We can blame it on anything, but the church has lost that lack, that, that luster, that urge for God, and what God is saying is that your bones have dried up, amen? That our bones have dried up and that we've, we've taken Christendom to a very lackadaisical state. Uh, that where we, we just feel like, you know, well, I can just click on at any moment in time and I can just watch a word and that's enough. But God's word says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. Amen. That we are to come together because it is from the, the assembling of ourselves that we draw strength from each other, that we encourage each other, that we lift each other up, that we come and we worship the mighty name of God together, amen, where we feel the presence of God, where we hear the testimonies of others, where we work together to achieve all that God has called us to do, to be and become. But when we look at, at our situation now, it seems as if the church of God, and that's the church universal, has become a heap of dry bones. Amen? And, and in this passage, uh, God is showing Ezekiel the state of the church. He's showing the, Ezekiel the state of his people and how he is going to resurrect them, how he wants to resurrect them, how he wants to bring life back into the church. And I can imagine that back, back there, back in the day, that once those, once those dry bones were resurrected, things begin to change. Amen? And I believe God is, 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 is doing a, 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 a great shift that is going on and that as we receive this word of the Lord, amen, things are going to change. They will not be the same. We will not return to the same. As we can tell, things have shifted dramatically. The world has changed and God is changing us. He's taken us to a new dimension of, 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 of worship, a new dimension of how ministry goes forth. And so when we look at uh, this passage of scripture, one of the big ideals in the first part of the sermon was God is faithful and will restore himself. God is faithful and restore us back to himself even when the situation seems impossible or even when the situation appears to be in, in, impossible. But one of the things as we were reading in uh, the first part of, of the scripture, uh, verses one through three, is that God is, is the almighty God, amen? 
that he is able to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He is a sovereign Lord, and he is the one that can restore. He is the one that wants to restore us back to our positions in Christ, back to where we need to be, back to the place of, of homage towards him, the place of obedience toward him. And so as, as Ezekiel goes out and he begins to examine these dry bones in the first uh, in the first few verses, he begins to see the, the, the depravity of the situation, amen? The, 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 the bones weren't only dry, but they were very dry. Like there was absolutely no life within, that, within them. And it was a heap of bones. It was a valley full of bones. And so as God, as the Spirit is taking him around and he's inspecting the condition of his bones, he's seeing the depravity that the, and the state of where uh, the Israelites had gotten themselves into. And so as we look at ourselves and we just look at our own lives, we don't have to go around and, you know, try and, and say, well, you know, so-and-so, they really dry. They ain't did nothing. They just, you know, we don't have to look at each other. This is an introspective word, amen. This is a, a word for us because, you know, we can say that uh, uh, so-and-so isn't doing this and, you know, we need this in order for us to move as a ministry. I need, why don't they come back? Why, why, is they, why are they not using their giftings? God is saying, I, want, I don't need anybody looking at anybody. I need you to look at yourself this morning. Stand in the mirror, amen. And look at yourself and take a good introspective look at what we're doing because a lot of it is this our fleshly desires. I mean, this morning when I woke up, it was so chilly and cold in the house and I was just like, Lord Jesus, I just do not feel like releasing these covers, like getting up into this cold, brisk air and, and, and coming to, to church. You know, it was just like, it's just so comfortable. And that's what I did yesterday. Yesterday I woke up and I got up and I started moving forward. And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go get back in the bed because it's just, it's just that cold, gloomy, nice, misty air. And you just, you know, just closed the blinds. I had opened up the blinds. I closed the blinds back down and, and just got in and threw the covers over my head and just, you know, got real comfortable in it. And that's, and that's where we are today. We've gotten so comfortable in this season, amen, that we don't even uh, want to come and, and, and use the giftings that God has gave, given us. We don't want to do the things that God has given us because we found comfort in the other things of life. We found comfort in life alone. And God is saying that he is going to raise us up this morning, amen. Whether your dry bone situation is a dead marriage, a dead relationship, an addiction, whatever it is, God is wanting to raise us up and breathe on us again. So the question in Ezekiel chapter 37, 1 through 3 is, uh, God is looking at the predicament, and God will show us our, our predicament and our circumstances. He'll show us our dry bone situation. Then he'll present us with the question, can these bones live again? Is there something that I can do about it? So whatever our dry situation is, I, I can't speak for you, you can't speak for me, but whatever you are going through, you know the weaknesses you have, you know the, the dreams that you have, you know the achievements that, that you so desire but have just fallen by the wayside. God is saying this morning, he is saying to you and he's asking you the question, can these dry bones live again? Can that situation be rebirthed? Can that, that dream be revitalized? Can 
I, can you, can, can it live again? Can it simply just be what God called it to be? Can the desires of your heart and the promises of God be resurrected this morning? And the answer is found in Ezekiel chapter 37. So the response that God gives Ezekiel when God presents him with the question after he had taken him through this valley of dry bones. And the response that Ezekiel gave is the same response that we need to give. Amen. Ezekiel did not say, well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I've been, you know, I've, I've been working. I've been living this life for a long time. And I haven't seen, you know, the results yet. I don't know, God. I don't know if it's possible or not. I mean, I've tried everything. Same responses we give, same things. You know, God, I, I try to, to reconcile that relationship and they just don't want to hear it. Or, you know, God, I, I, I'm going to hold on. I'm just holding on a little bit because if I release it, then they're going to think that they've won. Or they, if, I, if, I, if I release it, it's going to feel like I'm weak. So I want to make sure that, you know, we got a mutual understanding and that I'm not a punk that you know, nobody's gonna tell me what to do. And we stand and, and we battle in our humanness about how we want to look in the situation. We don't wanna look weak. We don't wanna look, look like you know, we've just given up, that, that we've just released. We wanna you know, stand and be seen and be thought of. And, and God is saying all this time, he's saying what I need you to do, amen, is release it. <laughs> release it to me. Elder Derek brought a beautiful word a few weeks ago talking about our weakness is our strength amen and our weakness is our strength and God is trying to get us to the place where we fully surrender and not fully surrender to the situation but fully surrender to him once we can fully surrender to God then God can begin to do his thing in it and so um, Ezekiel's response was simply God only you know you know, when you have sat and pondered and you have tossed and turned in your sleep and you have tried everything you can in your imagination to fix a situation or to restore a situation, you just get, you eventually just get to the point to where, you know, Lord, only you know, and you get to a full surrender. So restoration is in your surrender. The response to God should be, God, only you know. Only you know, God. So the condition in the valley, our condition in the valley, it positions us to receive the impossible from God. See, what we see as impossible, God sees as just a snap of his finger. Oh, I can fix that immediately. But I need the, your surrender. I need, I need the permission of you to go in and fix the situation. You see, God is a gentleman. He is not going to force anything on us. He's not going to force feed us. All he wants to do is say, get to the point where you totally trust in me. Get to that point that you just, you just throw your hands up. You see, when you're in the valley, the valley is, in, is symbolic of the low places of our lives, those places that, that we've hit rock bottom. And those are the places where God is. Those are the places where God is resting and just waiting, saying, baby, come on now. Are you done? Are you done acting foolish? Are you done trying to figure it out? Are you done with taking out payday loans to pay a payday loan? Are you done with, with trying to, 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 uh, to not, not do those things? Are you done with, you know, just your self-will trying to, to, to stop drinking, to stop smoking, to stop having sex, to stop doing the things that are, are not of me? Are you done fulfilling your life? 
Because when you lay down and surrender it all to me, I am able, more than able, to, to breathe life back into you, to fix those situations. So God is with us in those situations. You know, we can feel like, oh, God, you just don't care about me anymore. You're not, you know, you're not, there is no concern. But God is there every time those thoughts come with you. You have the choice of whether or not you're going to live in your flesh or whether or not you're going to live the will of God out. God is, is with us in our valley situations. And all we need to do is receive the impossible from him. And it's just so difficult as Christians for us to, to receive the impossible at times. is because of our relationship with him. Sometimes it's just purely the fact that we pay more attention to the fleshly desires. And we, play, we, do, we pay more attention to what we want in life than we do to what God has for us. And when we, can, when we can get the right mindset is that God created me. He knows everything about me. He's gifted me. He's given me everything I need, the abilities to accomplish the things in life that I need to accomplish. But we get out here and, and you know, just like Satan pre presented to Adam and Eve choice, we get out and we think, you know, well, this looks good over here. And this looks really achievable. You know, all I got to do is just, you know, I might have to say a couple of lies or I might have to doctor up my resume or something, but I can get that job. And we begin to do things, amen, that are not honoring or pleasing to God instead of simply allowing God to lead us, to guide us, to be what, what he's called us to be. So as, as we step into verse, into verse 4, uh, we just need to know that God will show us our predicament and our circumstances of our dry bone situation, then present us with the question, can anything be done about it? And as we step into further into this, this chapter, the answer is yes. Yes, the answer is yes. See, the problem is never God. The problem is never God. God is always shows us where he's working. God always presents us with choice, but it's us and it's us that live in denial of, of, of our, ourselves, or us to live in denial of, of, of the life that we live because we, we, we say that we're Christians, but oftentimes on the workplace and outside of the church, people would not know that you were a Christian because you're, you're afraid, amen, to let your light so shine before men. You're afraid that, you know, people will judge you. But God is saying it's time for you to be resurrected, amen. The first step to uh, a restorative life in, in church, in your personal life, is coming to grips with the truth of your situation. Coming to grips and, you know, just saying, you know what, God, I am, I am a whoremonger. God, I am a cheater. I'm a liar. Whatever the situation is, whatever the, 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 the returning cycle of your, of your life is, just begin to just admit it. Admit it. Say, God, I have issues. Amen. I, there are things that I just cannot get past. I put myself in this crazy predicament, and Lord, I don't know how to get it, get out of it. And God, all God is saying is just face the truth of your situation. Come to me with the truth of your situation. Don't come to me and say, Lord, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I surrender. And then you get up, and then within a few moments, you're right back in that same place. So God is just looking for our yes. Um, it might look bad right now. Things might look bad, but God is saying that he is here to restore, amen? 
and all we need to do is face the truth. So today, as we step into, into verse 4, the big idea is that we can be assured God is working on our behalf when he does the impossible, to, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, to restore himself. So today we're going to look at the power of the spoken word. Amen? Amen. The power of the spoken word. And in, in chapter 4, it, in verse 4, it says, Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The, there is power in our words. Amen? There is power in the, in the spoken word. And when God spoke to Ezekiel in chapter 4, what we need to notice is that Ezekiel did nothing. Amen? Ezekiel was not running the show. Ezekiel was not the one who was, who was doing, the, doing it. It was God who was doing the speaking through Ezekiel. And so the truth of the state, you know, the truth is that that, that statement that says words have creative power, if you've ever heard that, that our words have creative power and that we have to be cognizant of how we speak, how we approach God, how we approach people and what comes forth out of our mouths. Because in our, within our mouths flows rivers of living water and in our mouths also can flow death. And so when we, are, when we understand the power of the spoken word, we will understand that Anything that we are releasing should be aligned with what God is saying, be aligned with what God wants. And you know, you, you have friends or you might have children, you know, you got kids, you know, you can see a bad child and just say, you know, that child ain't gonna never become nothing. That child is so bad. And you say that enough that the child will begin to ingest that. The child will begin to believe that, like, you know, why should I try? Because everything I do, everybody, my teachers, my mom, my dad, everybody is saying that, you know, I'm just not going to amount to anything. And we can, we can seed that. But God does not want us to seed our children in that way and seed ourselves. We say to ourselves a lot of negative things, a lot of negative things because of our... our um, just weariness because we're so dry we just begin to say well you know what I guess that just ain't meant for me to be and you know I just wasted my time in that situation and and God doesn't care about me and you know I'm just done with I'm just done with the situation and we begin to we begin to speak that negativity in our lives and the enemy just sits there and he just takes it in and takes it in and then he begins to make situations look even bleaker than they are you know, you, 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 you lose your job, then you come home and the house is on fire or the, the washing machine broke, you know, and you just begin to say, you know, there's just no end to it. Well, you spoke that. You spoke all of that negativity into it. And because your words have power, the enemy just takes it and says, you know what? Let me just heap something up. Here comes a phone call. Oh, so-and-so just passed or this or that. You know, we have to be careful of how we speak. Um, into our own lives, how we speak into our children's lives. You know, the complete opposite can ha happen when you tell an individual that, I believe in you. You know, I I'm trusting God over your life. I'm speaking life into you. Go ahead, baby, you know, pursue that career. Go to college. You are just so gifted. And we begin to look at people through the eyes of God, and we begin to, to speak life into them and, and pour into each other as a church, as a body of Christ. It really gives us the stamina that we need. It gives us the, the, the oomph to go forward, the, the, the push to move forward in life. And, and we have to understand that there is power in the uh, spoken word of God. There is power 
power in the spoken word. And so in verse, in, in chapter four, the verses um, that we're going to be looking at today, it, there are two miracles uh, within these verses, and, they, and it communicates two principles in them. And so as Christians, we have to understand that we are God's people, and God uh, gives us ability to speak, amen, to prophesy into our, our situations. And so we're going to look at the prophetic that is being released in this scripture we're going to look at it and we're going to understand that the way I can get through this, the way that Ezekiel and God worked together was through the prophetic, that God spoke to Ezekiel, amen? And Ezekiel began to prophesy over these bones because in verse 4 it says, Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So God is giving Ezekiel the, the command, Amen. It is God speaking through Ezekiel that the prophecy uh, comes through. And so the prophetic is simply uh, is one who speaks uh, or proclaims the message of God, proclaims the message of what God is saying. There are two words associated with biblical prophecy. There's foretelling, say foretelling, and then there's forthtelling. And so biblical prophets were... Um, Accountable to God to hear from the from the word to hear the word of the Lord through foretelling and foretelling the word of God. So forth foretelling is synopsis with proclamation. And so when we look at the first part of verse four, we see that Ezekiel is forth is is foretelling a proclamation from the from, of the word of God for this given situation. The um, what it does is that it, it mandates something to happen. When, when Ezekiel began to speak what God had told him, it, de it demanded a response uh, from, from, from him. And as he began to speak the heart of God, things began to move. And so and we must understand that when we are in these dry bone situations, it's, uh, it's for us to get in sync with God. And to ask God, God, what are you saying? Not what I'm saying. Not what I want to see. What I, not what I want out of the situation. But, the, but God says, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So in other words, whatever your situation is, you say, O oh, situation, whatever it may be, I need you to hear the word of the Lord. Because we're the ones that got ourselves into the mess, Amen. So we're the ones who, who cause the situation to come to happen for it to culminate to where it is. But the only way we can get out of it is for us to hear the word of the Lord. Because if we try to get out of it ourselves, we're going to jack it up. We're going to mess it up. We're not going to follow the commands and creeds of God because we're looking for a fleshly outcome. We're looking for the outcome to be all pretty, to be all flowery, to be, you know, what we want. And when God is saying that I want to go in and I want to, I want to orchestrate, I want to be able to tell you what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. I want to, to hear the word of the Lord. So uh, proclamation, uh, so forth telling is, is just proclaiming what God wants to do over the situation. Just raise your hands up and say, you know what, God, only you know. And allow God to begin to, to foretell through your heart, uh, through the heart of God, what he wants to do in this situation. It's, 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 it's that time where, you know, you're making the word of God 
bringing life back to the situation. You've talked deft over it. You've, you've, you've done all that you can do for it. And um, it demands a, a, a prophetic word over it, the speaking of God's heart coming through you, speaking the heart of God over that situation. It's making that situation living. It's a rhema word of God. It's, it's a word that becomes real to God. So whatever situation you are going through and it seems dead, speak life back over it. Speak the rhema word of God back over it. Speak the word of God that is going to change your situation. Then there's foretelling, and foretelling, the prophetic uh, foretelling is, is the prediction. It's synonymous with the prediction of what God is going to do. Foretelling is a prediction of the future and, or, or a prediction of an expected outcome based on previously spoken truths. So how many of you have ever encountered a prophet, amen, or encountered someone that has spoken into your life? And they've spoken into your life and they've told you, you know, this is what the Lord is telling me. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to, you know, you're going to be a millionaire. You're going to, you're going to be a great asset. You're, you know, you're going to climb the corporate ladder. And, and, you know, that excites the flesh. You're just like, okay, <laughs> you know, especially when it has to do with finances and has to do with money. And you get very excited about, you know, okay, God, what do I need to do? And, you know, well, you just give me some... And then, you know, a lot of them will say, just give me some money, you know, for this word or give me this or you give me that. Uh, and, and they try and, and, and take from you what God has, God has said. If God has said, called it to be, then there should be no stipulations or no strings attached in the situation. But, you know, a lot of times, and there's probably people in here guilty, uh, and Elder Annette was talking about deviations, you know, about looking at these mystical, you know, trying to figure things out mystically, calling what, Cleo and, and looking at cards and, and going through trying, you know, playing the lottery and doing all these things. So, you know, God said I was going to be richer. God said he's going to bless me financially, so let me go ahead and hit, get grab this lotto ticket because I just believe that the Lord is going to give me the numbers. And we do all all of these things uh, because someone has encouraged us or someone has spoken an untruth into our lives. And I'm not saying that God does not want to bless you. I'm not saying that God is not going to say that he will multiply you and, and make you great amongst men. But make sure that it is God who is speaking it. Amen. Make sure that you are following his decrees and his words because we've seen so many people rise to the top, amen? And you turn around and their life has just fallen in, into shattered pieces because they were doing it in their own strength. But make sure that, that you are foretelling the truth of God and the word of God. See, prophecy is um, not only foretelling and foretelling, the, it's the, it, it, it should not be the fulfill, fulfillment of our personal desires. It should be the heart of God that is speaking. But, and, the, and it should be the word of God over every situation. Our goals uh, for prophecy should always be a clear revelation of God's knowledge of who God is and what God wants us to do. So as, as you're going through this dry bone situation or you're wanting to address these dry bone situations, do not address it out of your own flesh. Amen? Do not address it 
through your own means, through your mind, but make sure it is the word of God coming through you, amen, that your relationship is so tight with God, that you've aligned yourself with God, that you hear the word of the Lord, and you're able to repeat the word of the Lord over your situation. So one principle is complete obedience to God is essential for his work of restoration to begin in our lives. In chapter 4, it says, Hear the word of the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord. It is, it, is, it is important that we hear and we understand that it is God who is going to do this. Amen? That, that we must hear clearly. That we must not allow the enemy because he will, he will come at you in, in, in the same manner. He will use the things of God to try and grab your attention. But it says, and he said, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy over these bones, oh, oh dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. That our hearing must be attuned to God. Amen. Our hearing, you know, a lot of times like we're sitting here right now and we're hearing the word of God you know, with our ears, but are we really listening to the word of God? There's a difference between hearing and listening. We hear things all day long, but when we're listening, we're processing it. We're, we're understanding it. We're putting it in our hearts. We're pondering over it. And, and, and Ezekiel, he told, uh, God told Ezekiel, hear the word of the Lord. Believe what I'm about to tell you. Understand, give credence to it. Allow it to settle. Allow it to, to go in your ears and not just be a commandment, but to be an understanding, attach an understanding to what I want to do through you, what I'm about to do through you. See, we must hear uh, clearly and, and, and understand that, you know, we need to put a theological framework around the, the fact that God was allowing Ezekiel to be used in such a profound way. And the principle of hearing the word of the Lord, listening to the word of the Lord, is critical for us to step forward and to uh, proclaim what God is, is saying, that it was Yahweh who was speaking. It was God himself to, that was speaking. The, um, and this is, what God, this is what God did for us, is that when we begin, will do for us, is that when we begin to listen Passively listen to the, Lord, the word of the Lord. God is going to be the one that does all the action. When you read this scripture, you see that it was God who actually did the miracle. It was Ezekiel was used by God, but it was God who was doing the action. Amen. It was God who was speaking. He was the active voice in this situation, and we are the receivers. Amen. So when God is speaking to you, understand that, you know, God is, is this is God. And that I just need to stay focused and present myself before the Lord so that I can be used. It's critical not to miss it. Ezekiel's response was without resistance and there was no indifference. He was so locked in and he heard the word of the Lord and he immediately responded to what God was saying. And a lot of times, even in our prayer life, when God is speaking to us, we have to learn to just block out the enemy. Amen. Block out the voices that come. You know, the dishes can wait. No, you didn't leave the stove on. No, you know, you don't have to do this. You know, all the things that the enemy starts to, 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 to uh, bring into you when the word of the Lord is coming, but that you need to immediately respond. A lot of times uh, in life, we get so bogged down with life and our Christianity just becomes... It just becomes this fluffy thing that we do. And I, I can remember many a times, you know, 
when I would clearly hear the word of the Lord. Uh, maybe I'm at work or I'm, maybe I'm dealing with something or I'm out in the streets. And uh, the Lord would, would unction me to pray for someone. Or the Lord would unction me to go and speak a word to someone or encourage someone. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you know, let me pray on it. Let me pray on it. How stupid is that? Like the Lord is telling you to do something and then you're going to pray the Lord that's telling you to do something. You know, we do that all the time. Like, what do you need to pray about? I mean, if it is clearly the word of the Lord and you understand that it is the word of the Lord, the response should be like, it should be as Ezekiel. Here I am, Lord, use me. But not us. We want to pray about it. And, you know, then we start thinking about, well, you know, they were kind of, they, they got a position over me or, well, I'm going to pray for that. You know, then the enemy just comes in. And he just he just smothers that, that opportunity for us. But when God is calling us to do something, we have got to raise up immediately and begin to do it. it, it it's, if it's, you know, someone that comes up to you and asks for prayer, we'll just, okay, I'll pray for you. Pray for them right then, right there. Begin to use the spiritual gifts that you have. This week I was over at Sam's Club and I was going to get a, a flatbed cart and there was a woman standing there and as I was walking up, she just looked like she was about to pass out or she, you know, something was wrong with her. And as I was going to get the cart, she sat on the cart that I want. She just kind of abruptly sat down and she put her head in her shoulders. And I said, ma'am, are you okay? And she says, oh, I'm just so sick. I'm just, I'm really dizzy. And she goes, and my shoulder is just really hurting. And tears started filling up in her eyes. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, can I just pray for you? Right there on the spot instead of, oh, you know, because I could have went and got the other cart and just, you know, went on about my business. But I said, oh, my goodness. I said, well, can I pray for you? Can I just, you know, and her name was Angela. I said, Angela, can I just pray for you? Because and I said, do you need a ride? Do you need me to come? come? And she goes, no, my friend is with me. She's going to come. She's pulling the car up. So I just stood in, in that moment right there and just prayed for her as people were walking by because I just really felt the presence of God say, pray for her and pray for her right now. Not go in the store and pray for her while you're walking by like, oh, I hope you'll be all right. But to pray for her, and I, I honestly and sincerely begin to pray for her. So we have to understand that, you know, it's, there's going to be a shift. Amen? There's going to be a shift in our obedience to God. Instead of saying, God, I, okay, I'll pray for her. No, or pray for her now. Pray for her right here in the moment of God. And so I'm learning as, you know, I address dry bone situations. If I see somebody else in a dry bone situation, then I need to go ahead and speak the word of God over her. And I just proclaimed healing over her body. Amen. I proclaimed that she would go home and that, that the, the, the pains would subside right then and there and that she would have an experience with God that afternoon that would change her life. And she started crying and she thanked me. And, you know, and I walked in and thought, wow, I actually did that. Like, <laughs> wow, God, you know, thank you for using me. And so I'm being more uh, uh, um, acutely aware of how I carry myself there was a young lady on Friday that was walking up from, from the uh, camp, and she was walking up, and she was talking to herself the old, whole time, and she was just walking, and, you know, I, I could tell that there was just some mental issues there. And as she's walking, she's just walking so gingerly. And so I just stopped at the door and waited for her, and she was stumbling, and I said, ma'am, are you okay? I said, are you okay? Do you need help? And she just said, oh, my feet. I have neuropathy in my feet, and every step I take, I can 
feel it. And I just began to pray for her. I was just like, oh, because it was just, it was, it was an ugly situation. I was just like, let me just pray for you. And you know, that your feet, you know, will, will, will carry you through that God will heal that. And that's how we need to begin to respond. Amen. Respond to situations in a way that God would, would respond to him. Okay, so I went off, I went off track there. But um, God is asking us, you know, to give us the be first responders in what he's calling us. So proper, hear, proper hearing of God's word always re results in a clear revelation of who God is. See, we don't know God because we just never really take the time to get to know him. You know, we, we, we accept his salvation. We accept Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. We accept his love. But do we really get a clear understanding of who he is? Do we pursue a pure relationship with, with him to understand who he really is and what he wants to do in our lives? God is, is wanting to be, be the total living being of our souls. Amen. He is wanting to, to restore us. So a proper hearing of, of God always leads to a clear revelation of who God is. If we in this church, amen, understood who God is, really understood his power, really understood his ability to take us through everything, we would be on fire for him. Amen. There is nothing that we could do, say, or anything, everything would be met. Every need would be met because we would be standing in proper position to receive from him. So our actions really reveal to us our trust and our faith in God. And as I've been walking through this period of my life, and I've been, you know, oh God, help me with this, help me with that. And really understanding that, you know, Katani, where does your trust and faith really lie? You know, it's a challenge of my trust. It's a challenge of my faith in God that I will present my, my dry bones to him to say, God, I need you to breathe over them. But hold on. Don't wait. Hang on. Because that right there, yeah, I'm going to keep that one. I want to, you know, this one I want I want to, I want to, let me, I, I got that one. And we begin to pull back. We present it to God and then we pull it back. And I don't know, I don't understand, you know, why, why do I pull it back? Like, Katani, let it go. But, you know, what am I looking for? Some self-satisfaction, some self-proclamation so I can puff my chest out and say, hey, I did that. But God is saying that let it go. Allow me to restore it. Allow me to heal your heart. Allow me to do uh, what I want to do in it. And a lot of times we just get so worried about, you know, what is life going to look like? What is this going to look like? That we start trying to, to, to maneuver, maneuver the hands of God when God is saying that, uh, that our action just needs to be surrendered. Amen. We need to be in a surrendered action to God and so that God can bring life back into these dry bones because only God can resurrect. Only God has the power to resurrect us. Amen. So as, as we uh, look at that, the prophecy, is not our, the prophecy is not our desire or our wants when we prophesy. It's critical to understand that it's not what we want out of it because of creative power of the words we believe, we can initiate but the word of God is always going to stand forth. Stand forth. It's critical for us for us to understand that we cannot impose our desires upon the Lord. Amen. 
<laughs> we, 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 you know, we can go to God with these selfish prayers, but we cannot, can't impose our desires on the Lord, that our desires need to, to line up with God's will, because we can set ourselves up for failure every time we come with our, we present our desires to the Lord, and God will correct it, correct us, that's not what I have for you, well, why not? You know, and we'll begin to bargain with God and we'll begin to plead with God. But God, I, I, I want this. I need this. And God is like, that's not a desire. And we will begin to, you know, prophesy and, and pump it up and to re really begin to try and force God's hands. But the word of the Lord, the word of God will always stand forth. So our personal desires, there might be, they might be good personal desires. They might be, you know, God, I want to, I want to, I want to get married. I want a husband or I want a wife. And, you know, and we feel like, you know, the word of the Lord is, it, that is the word of our Lord of our lives. And we begin to pursue those things. And we begin to look, you know, for that spouse. We look for that mate. And sometimes it just doesn't work out the way we thought. You know, I have a friend that um, was just, she just, you know, wanted to be married, had to be married. And um, she was a beautiful girl. And uh, she uh, only dated, you know, fine brothers. She just always after, you know, them like, okay. <laughs> so she had uh, met this guy and uh, she brought him to meet me. And it was me, my mom, we were all there. And when he walked in the door, he took my breath away. I was like, oh, mom, cool. <laughs> that boy, was, he, that man was so fine. I was just like stunned. <laughs> like, who is this? And it was so funny because I, I just told her, I said, girl, come to the back. So she comes back. I just put my, my face in the pillow and just screamed like, who is this? And even my mother was like, girl, who were he? You know, we were all like, do, do he have brothers? You know, and he was just, he was so handsome. And they were just that perfect couple. And when they, anytime we would go out and they would walk in, all eyes turned to him because he was just such a handsome man. Well, they ended up getting married. Amen. She got her wish. She found the finest thing she could. And they, get, they ended up getting married. Now, he was not only fine, he had a corporate job, drove a nice car, had a home, everything. Just, you know, blah, blam. And um, she got married, and about a year later, that thing started to crumble. That thing started to fall apart. I was on the phone for, you know, hours with her just crying and hurting and just, you know, because she realized that she had pursued something that God had not, God had not chosen for her. And so the marriage ended up in divorce and it was just, it was really a sad situation. And so we can't always force our will on God. When we force our will on God, God will be like, okay, go ahead, go ahead, get your testimony, Amen. Get, your, get a good testimony about that situation and then come back to your senses. And now she is a strong, faithful believer, amen, and, and has realized, you know, that, that when we are in pursuit of something that we want, it's not always for us. And that God wants, God wants to give us the desires of our heart, but even those desires have to be matched up and aligned to what he wants. So the goal of prophecy is always a clear knowledge of God and not necessarily our personal fulfillment. And so this is what's happening in this, in this scripture is that Ezekiel is prophesying the word of the Lord over this situation, over the Israelites, over these dry bones. It wasn't anything that he could do 
to, to, to bring life back into him, but he realized that it was God. So Ezekiel was called to foretell, to foretell or proclaim God's perspective on things and not his own opinion. So the dry bones were commanded to hear God's perspective on their situations. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, not Ezekiel's opinion about what could happen. So this calls for an adjustment on our part, amen? When we look at this, when you go home and you begin to put these things into practice, it's going to call for an adjustment on your part. Dry bones, whatever your dry bone situation is. Hear the word of the Lord. Not that I have to go and get a second job. Not that I have to go and get loans. Not that I have to pay Peter, rob Peter to pay Paul. Not that I have to do anything in my power to change the situation. All I need to do is simply surrender to the word of God. Simply speak life back into that situation. I want you to go home this week and just begin to practice speaking life back into the situation. Amen? Speak over your dry bone situation. Speak life over them and begin to see, and begin, begin to ask God what the word of us, what the word of the Lord is. See, a lot of us are, are experiencing difficulties right now. But because we have become so complacent in our situations, in our lifestyles, we refuse to prophesy over them because, you know, we're, we're making it, amen? We're fulfilling our needs. We're paying our mortgages. We're doing all that we can. We are watering our dry bones, amen? Even though the situation looks bleak, we're still nurturing, we're still watering, we're still doing the things that we need to do to sustain our life. But God is saying that there's another level that he wants to take us to, amen? That there's another place that he wants to get us to. And so we, we can't continue to live life as normal, but that we've got to move forward uh, and, and speak to these situations so that they can be healed and they can be restored. So this, 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 uh, this week, begin to just proclaim the word of the Lord over your dry groans. Uh, pro proclaim what, what God has called for you to do. Make sure that you're aligning it with the, word of the God, uh, with the word of God. And you will begin to see the miraculous of God uh, begin to work for you. So foretelling, Ezekiel was called to predict what God was going to do about this situation. In verse 5 and 6, it says, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Hallelujah. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel begins in, in verses 5 through 6 to foretell what God was going to do for that situation. Amen that God was going to begin to bring life back into these dry bone situations, that God was going to be able to show us, amen, how to bring life back to a situation that we can no longer handle. God is going to heal you this morning, amen. God wants to restore you this morning. And it's imperative that we observe in the passage who's doing the work, amen, who is doing the work and who's benefiting from the work, um, that resulted in change. It was God who was, who was speaking and having uh, Ezekiel foretell to the situation. Foretell, give hope, bring life, give them, give them some sustenance. And as he began to, to, to speak, the dry bones began to receive life back into themselves. Amen? 
muscles and tendons and skin and flesh began to, to, to uh, come upon them, that there was life being brought back into them. That's what we need to see today, amen, that God wants to bring life back into a dead situation. That God wants, to, wants us to speak life back into our dead situations. He wants us to begin to bring, to have spiritual muscles, amen, to have the spiritual fortitude to press through. And we do that through waking up, praying to our God, worshiping our God, st- t- spending time in the word, building the muscles of faith back over our situations and understanding that as we align with God, that God is going to uh, do all that he has called us to do. So what we need to do is just show up in our situation. Amen? See, the... Uh, the, 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 the uh, I in the passage is not referring to Ezekiel. It is referring to God that I will do these things. So as Ezekiel is experiencing this miracle, he realizes that it has nothing to do with him, but it has everything to do with God. Um, so a lot of, the reason a lot of us miss it is because we try to do it out of our own flesh, out of our own mindset. But God is saying that I will, I will, cause the, the, the muscles to, to, to enter. I will cause the skin to come up. I will, I will take care of the situation. And when we allow God to take care of the situation, we will, we will observe that breath, tendon, skin, and flesh will, will begin to be reestablished in our lives, that we will be able to see the miracles of God. So just before I close, I'm not going to get through this, um, we have to understand that, you know, in our, in our dead situations, that when we've, we've done all that we can and that when God begins to do the work and we surrender it to God, maybe it's a relationship issue and we've gone to that person, we've honestly asked them to forgive us and we're standing in, in God's faith. Just because, that, just because you apologize and you've told that person that I forgive you, uh, and, and that you want to move forward. It doesn't mean that it's going to be an immediate, exchange, immediate change of things, amen? But that you've got to lie there in that, that dead situation and allow all the things that need to be rebuilt to be rebuilt. You can't just have muscle. You can't just have skin. You can't just have your tendons joined together. They all have to work in sync. And so when we're looking um, and going through the process of healing, you might not get a I forgive you back. You might not receive the response that you're looking for, but know that God is working. Amen? Know that, that, that you know, I've confessed. And just because I've confessed, it doesn't mean that immediately those things will happen. But when you look at this dry bone situation, then it doesn't exactly say uh, how long you know, this whole process was, but that there was a process. There was a step-by-step process that God didn't just immediately, they didn't just jump up. They didn't just uh, uh, rise, but that they laid there still in a state, amen, of surrender. They laid there healed, but still in a state of not able to function just quite yet, that they, that the breath of God had not been, been breathed over him. And so the problem of, with us is that we just stop, you know, we pray and we think that God should show up and that, you know, the process is over, but we, we have to understand that God works, you know, God is systematic and how he does things. And because, um, we've prayed, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that, 
that it's over. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, oh, go get up, you know, we can walk out today and everything's going to be hunky-dory and we're going we're gonna to move forward. But that the life is a process and that, that, that the process that God has taken us through as he restores our dry bones, he wants to restore them correctly. Amen. He wants it to be, he wants our situations to be done where they will never return to us. Um, so because we've asked for forgiveness or because we go home tonight and we have a decent conversation with our spouse or we have a good week with something or something, it doesn't mean that we just totally, okay, well, God did his work, but that we have to continue to work on that. So, and, and when we look at, um, when we look at the breath that was, was breathed into them, uh, there is no indicate, there's no indication um, of life coming into him. It says breathe, and then there is no indication of time between tendons, flesh, skin, and muscles um, enabling them to move. So observe uh, that, observe with me that the breath at the beginning and the breath at the end is critical for us not to miss. That God breathed and, and, and began to do the work of God. And as they laid there, God had to breathe again. Breathe life again. It, it reminds me of, of, of the creation when God, in Genesis 2 and 7, and says, where God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And God scoops the dirt. He scoops up the earth and he, he builds and makes a man. Amen? But man was just there. He was just laying on the ground without life. Amen? All that he needed to live life was, was in his body muscles and tendons and everything, a mind, all that he needed was there. But it wasn't until the breath of God was breathed into him that he became a living soul. And so God wants us to take our dry bone situations and present them before him, amen, to begin the breath of life, to begin, to begin the res, res, uh, restitution, the, the res, res, what do you, to begin to breathe again into them, the resuscitation, that's the word I'm looking for, to begin the resuscitation process in our dry bone situations um, as we begin to prophesy over them, as we begin to do what God has called them to do and to do that in obedience. And as we begin the rest of the <laughs> resuscitation process, God is going to do what he's going to do, amen? Don't just stop at one breath. Don't stop at one prayer. Don't stop at one miracle. Don't stop and say, you know what, God? Oh, it's over with because the enemy's going to come back at you. Make sure that the complete healing is there. Make sure that as you're speaking life over your dry bone situation, that God is in the midst of it, that God is the one giving you the orders. If God is saying, I need you to go and call somebody or I need you to go and sit down with somebody, because we never really understand the root of our dry bone situations. We just know that something happened. And God wants to take us to the root of our dry bone situations this morning. He wants us to take us to the place where it began, whether it's in your childhood, whether it's in your teen years, whatever it is that brought you to that mindset. Um, God wants us to make sure that we are being fully healed. So when I, whenever God gives us a word and we decide to move out on it. We decide, you know, God, I'm, I'm ready to do that. We have to make sure that we are following his decrees and orders. Amen? Amen. 
that we are doing what God has called us to do because God definitely wants to restore us. God definitely wants to speak life back into us. Amen? He definitely wants us to understand the prophetic manner in which he uh, addressed this dry bone situation. That Ezekiel was a man of God just like us. Amen? And God took him and showed him of the valley of dry bones. God is showing us our valley of dry bones, not only in our personal lives, but in the lives of this world, in the lives of this church. And God is saying to you today, can these dry bones live again? Can restoration be a house of God again? Can restoration be a place where the children and people of God are coming, that our ministries are back up and running that word is coming forth, that lives are being saved and changed, that people are being baptized. Can we live again? Can we live again? Well, it's going to take us as the people of God to prophesy over our own situations, to prophesy over our church, to prophesy over our children, to prophesy over these, this, this, this place of dry bones, this post-pandemic season, all the things that we're going through, God is saying, prophesy, prophesy, surrender to God. In your weakness, you're made strong. You might feel like this is just the end of the world is coming. Sometimes I look at the news and just like, Lord Jesus, I'm just waiting for you to crack the sky open. He says, not quite yet, daughter, not quite yet, because I want to come back to a church. I want to come and receive a bride that is fully adorned, amen, that is fully aligned with me. He doesn't want to come back and take a broke-down church into heaven, a broke-down people, but God wants us to be living our best lives, that our dry bones situation has become a fruitful place. God wants us to be fruitful, and he wants us to multiply, and he wants us to become all that he's called us to be. So this morning, I just want to and encourage you to go home and speak to your situations. Speak to the things that God has told you. Redig them. Redig them up. Re, 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 remember the promises of God. The life that was so fulfilling. The joy and the peace of, ooh, it's Sunday. Let me go to church and worship with my family and friends and receive a word. We've got to come out of this, this dead situation that we find ourselves in and live again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we get ready to um, dismiss this morning, get ready to close out, I just want to invite all of those who just might need prayer to come up to the altar this morning, amen. If you want to join hands with one of our elders or ministers, that's fine. Or maybe you just need to come and just stand and surrender. Can we just stand this morning, amen, even those who are watching online? Let's just stand and just put our arms before the Lord and just surrender to him. Hallelujah, God. Father God, we take the posture of surrendering this morning to you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Father God, we surrender all to you, Lord. Father God, you see our dry bones, Lord, and, and we remove ourselves and our wants and our opinions from our situation. And Father God, we just ask that you speak to us and through us, Lord. 
we are your, your children, God. And we ask, Lord, that you will let us speak prophetically to our situations, Lord. Even now, Father God, I just declare and decree, Father God, that you will begin to speak to each of us individually for our own Pacific situations. As your people, God, you're calling us, Father God, to be the prophets of God, to speak life, Father God, not only to ourselves, but to others. So this morning, we surrender to you, Lord. We give, our, give you our yes, Father God, that we will diligently, Father God, approach our situations in a different manner, in total obedience to you, God, total surrenderance to you, knowing that you can, God, knowing that you are the only one who can change our situation. So God, we thank you, Lord, right now for all that we've been through, Lord. It was without reason that we went through it, God. It was the humbling of us that it brought us here to this place. So we humbly, Father God, turn it over to you and ask that you will restore us back to where you would have us to be. Give us hope, give us peace, give us life, give us the joy of our salvation, Father God, so that we can move forward, Lord, and be the people of God you've called us to be. Be the examples on our jobs, Father God, in our marketplace, that when we hear the word of God, when we hear the voice of God speak to us, that we will walk in a prophetic mantle and begin to take over, Father God, and heal our land. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen, amen.